guys. Welcome to Admit 3, where we discuss all things movies, media, and television. I'm Laura. I'm Kurt. I'm Rob. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is about the sci-fi horror film Megan, which was released on January 6, 2023. The film was directed by Gerard Johnstone from a script by Kayla Cooper, and it stars Allison Williams, Violet McGraw, and one murderous doll. The film centers around Katie, a young girl who moves in with her Aunt Gemma following the death of her parents. A roboticist at a successful toy company, Gemma finds herself unable to balance her demanding career with her new responsibilities as a substitute mother. How does she handle such a problem? She creates an android to tend to all of Katie's needs, of course. Programmed to be a child's greatest companion and a parent's greatest ally, Megan handles all of the things Gemma is too absent to take care of thus forming a strong bond with Katie as she struggles with the sudden loss of her parents. There's just one catch. Megan can't stop killing people. So, guys, what did you think of the movie? Um, I thought it was a fun movie. Uh, it has a lot of themes that it's exploring, uh, like modern parenting and with all the technology that's available to people, like you know, iPads and mobile games on phones and stuff like that. It's so easy just to put a screen in front of your kid and let them... You know, kind of hang out in a corner and not have to worry about them. Uh, it also uh, goes into, like, AI and the general fear that people seem to have about AI taking over the world or killing people or becoming self-aware and just uh, that whole Terminator-esque vibe. Uh, so I thought it, it was pretty cool. Um, Kurt, what did you think about it? I actually thought that it was surprisingly satirical about what you just said, Rob, that, you know, it's, it's kind of poking fun at parents who parent by giving their kids, you know, a phone or a tablet and just letting their kids sit on the couch and watch stuff on their tablet or play stuff on their tablet all day long. I wasn't expecting that going into the movie. It's written by Akela Cooper who made uh, Malignant. Well, she wrote Malignant in 2021, which is so campy and over-the-top. Every decision made in that movie is just absolutely bizarre, and it's so funny to watch. And so I was expecting, you know, for it to fully lean into that campiness, especially after watching, you know, the trailers and the social media uh, videos that they posted. Uh, it seemed to be leaning into that campiness. So I was very surprised to see that it had anything serious to say at all. Um, on that front, I kind of found myself enjoying the movie more. Not that it's bad when it does have something important to say. I found myself enjoying it more when it was leaning into that silliness. When Megan's killing somebody or, you know staring at the neighbor with her hair a mess after being attacked by a dog or singing to Katie while she's trying to go to sleep. All of that stuff I really loved. That's, again, not to say that the more serious element of the film was bad. It's just not what I was hoping for. So, on the rating scale, what would you rate this film? Are we going to five? Out of five. Yeah. Out of five. I would give it a very solid 3.5. I enjoyed it. I had a fun time. For a January release, especially, I don't, I don't know if you guys know, but historically, 
studios dump dog shit movies <laughs> in January <laughs> and hope to turn a profit. And this is much better than most January releases. Uh, you know, it's a horror film. I didn't think it was, you know, very scary, but it's, you know, it's it's a horror comedy, I should say. And it's, I thought, very funny. The crowd we saw it with was really laughing at it. Um, uh, so I, I think, you know, it's a very enjoyable flick. Yeah. And I heard it exceeded its expectations at the box Absolutely. office. Absolutely. I read that it was, you know, supposed to make $19, $20 million this weekend and ended up grossing over $30 million, which I believe I read earlier was the highest grossing opening weekend for an original horror film since Nope by Jordan Peele last year. And actually, it even outgrossed Scream, which oh, wow. is... Uh, you know, Scream 5, whatever. It, you know, is a, it's an IP that's been around for a long time. So for an original horror film to come out in January and beat that's pretty impressive. And what was Megan's, um, budget? Oh, it was $12 million. So it beat it in the first, (laughs) like, it beat Friday. I think I believe Friday it was like eleven point seven, eleven point nine dollars. its budget. That's awesome. It passed its budget. They're already talking about a sequel. It's very successful. Awesome. Megan is an icon. She's a legend, <laughs> and she has the moment. Okay, so Kurt, you brought up a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, you said that it was, you know, obviously it's a, a horror slash comedy movie. And I feel like it really leans more into the comedy than it does the horror. You said that it really, you know, it's not too scary, which I agree with. It was originally supposed to be a rated R movie. And we kind of, after the movie, we were talking about this and we went back and forth. And we agreed that it would have more benefited from being a rated R. Uh, Obviously, you know, they had to make the right decision for the movie. They tried to draw in a wider audience for it. Um. But there was specific scenes in the movie that you really felt like were super toned down and uh, they really could have been better if they were able to really flush it out in a more graphic way. You also said... Um... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah. did say fuck. <laughs> you also said, uh, talking about Megan being an icon and I've heard a lot of talk about her being an icon on the same level as like Chucky and Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy Krueger, basically like a classic horror movie icon. And I wanted to know after watching the movie, how you guys felt about that. If Megan can hold up to such like, you know, strong characters. Um, first I want to touch on the PG 13 aspect because I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking PG-13 horror movies. Some of my favorite horror movies are PG-13. And I think that a PG-13 horror movie can be successful. It can, you know, have the right tone, have the right amount of, you know, horror and violence and scare, all of that stuff. It can, it can be perfectly fine PG-13. It's just that this specific film feels like it was meant to be rated R, but that it's watered down. The tone feels rated R. The premise feels rated R. Even the death scenes feel rated R, but that they're missing something. 
I think we discussed that it almost feels like watching a rated R movie on cable and having, you know, the gnarly, like, gore and stuff. Right. You know, watered down, edited out of the movie. As for Megan being an icon on that level, I, I, don't, I think putting her on the Mount Rushmore of horror icons is jumping the gun a bit. But I do think it's a very fun character. I think the way that social media ran away with this character just from the previews alone, the movie didn't even have to come out. Um, it's it's a testament to her status as an icon for sure. But I don't know if she's quite you know Michael Myers or Chucky. Chucky's had a franchise. Chucky's been around since the eighties. I can't say Megan with one movie <laughs> is on the same level as Chucky. So you're saying she has potential to become an icon, but she's not quite at that level. I would say that she's, I would say she's a modern icon. She's an icon for the TikTok generation, I would say. Right. But I don't think she can be mentioned yet in the same breath as the classic icons. But I think that she, like you said, there's potential there. She's a great character. She was the funnest part of this movie. Every time she was in the movie, it was by far my favorite element of the film. Yeah. I will watch as many sequels as they want to make because the character is so fun. But I don't think you can ignore um, the longevity of those other you know, iconic slashers and put her right there immediately. Okay, I think that's fair. So, Rob, out of five, what would you rate this film? Uh, I would give it a four out of five. I Shocking, shocking. I know, but uh, I when I try to rate movies, I try to rate them for what they're trying to do. And so this movie is obviously trying to be silly and self-aware. You know, it's, just, it's trying to be like a fun movie, and I, I really, I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. And Kurt was talking about the crowd that we watched it with and how much, you know, they were laughing at a lot of the things. And I got to say, my least favorite thing about the movie was the crowd that we were paired with in the theater. <laughs> because some of the stuff they were laughing at, to me, wasn't the funny parts. And then some of the funny parts that I thought were really funny, Nobody the crowd, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe, maybe it's just a, yeah. a different type of humor. But We definitely always seem to... Uh not get the greatest pick in theaters when we go I, to watch films. I personally love when a crowd gets involved. Yeah. I just think in this specific situation again, that the things that weren't very funny, <laughs> the low hanging fruit is what everybody was really laughing at. And then the more funny things that happened, nobody was laughing except for us. Anyway. <laughs> Well, guys, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this film was not that enjoyable for me. I'm surprised you rated it a four, Rob. I really am. But um, I, I think I gave it a solid 2.5 out of 5. Um, really just any, maybe it's just me, but any movie that, spoiler alert, kills off children and animals, I'm, I'm not really a fan of. It really turns me off. It does. I I don't like it. Well, I hate to be the bearer of news, <laughs> but you're off the podcast. 
Um, is it those two specific reasons alone that brought down the rating so much for you? Or what is the um, core reason? I, mean, for, I don't know. I feel like going into it, I was really excited. I thought maybe they played up the humor aspect of it too much. Maybe if they had more of a horror, like when I watch a horror film, like even if it's supposed to be, you know, like funny, I want the horror part to actually be in there as well. I just like wasn't thrilling to me at all, really. Like I didn't have any feeling like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh my God, I'm so scared. <laughs> like none of that happened for me. And I think I was just disappointed that I didn't have the, the real horror aspect to the film. I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think there was... Personally, I don't feel like there was any part of the marketing that indicated it would be anything other than a campy, fun, silly little horror comedy. Uh, so I personally never expected it to, you know, be too scary or intense or anything like that. Um, you made a great point about the dog. Typically, and I know I've talked with you guys about this before, horror fans hate when the dog bites the dust in a horror movie. I don't get it. Well, leave him out. Leave him out of it. <laughs> One thing that I loved about Megan is the way they handled that character in that moment. I know it sounds so sadistic talking to say. <laughs> the way they handled that character in that moment, there were people laughing when the dog died in this movie. And I was like, oh my god. This it's done the impossible. It's made people laugh at the death of a dog in a horror movie. And that is no small feat. You hated it. I loved it. Sorry. I don't I don't know what to tell you. It was, I'm glad it was you I was it. glad that people enjoyed the death of the dog and Megan <laughs> put it on the poster. Pete is coming for you. <laughs> the the way Megan like uh she like imitates voices and she imitated the voice of the dog owner to get the dog to come to a hole in the fence and then yanked him through. And every time in the movie when Megan wasn't on the screen, I was just like, man, I wish Megan would be in it more. Like all the scenes where she's in it, it's, it's so good. But then the other scenes where she's not in it or, you know, it's focusing on other characters. It's, it didn't feel as, you know, fun to me, but any scene with Megan, it was just like, it was great. It was so fun. That ultimately was the difference between a four and a 3.5. When Megan was on the screen, I felt you know, that it was a 4. I loved every aspect of Megan herself. I... There were just... It, it, it takes a little while to get going, which, again, it's not bad that it takes its time and it sets up these characters and a more serious tone. But I had more fun. And personal preference, I had more fun with the silliness, the campiness, Megan being on the screen. When she's there, I was having a blast. And I think there's potential here. I know they're working on a sequel, or they're in talks for a sequel now that Megan's making so much money. But there's so much potential for this character. And I hope moving forward that they really just lean into this campiness and embrace it. One of the, the jokes in the movie that I thought was so funny was when um I don't know if it was like a like a, a chief officer or an executive at the company, whatever it was, he's um in the video where Katie, the young girl in the film, 
is doing a promotion for the Megan doll. And after she's done with her whole spiel about why she loves Megan, he goes, yeah, you don't even have to have dead parents to, to want this doll. <laughs> it was just so funny. And that was one of the times where the crowd, you know, laughed along with us. And it was, it was just a very good joke. And, uh, it's, it's, it's I feel like it's humor that, it's for everybody. Like they have a lot of dark humor. Then they have a lot of humor. That's more stupid and goofy just for, you know, the general audience. Um, we saw a couple young people in the crowd. I heard a lot of the voices and it seemed like a lot of older people. So it's interesting seeing such a wide age gap for a movie like this. And from the advertising and the marketing, it really seemed like they were more, uh, like you were saying, her aiming towards like, uh, the younger generation. Um, so it was interesting to see the the wide range of people that came to see it. I actually saw that the uh, demographic that came, the most people who came out to see it were men between the ages of like 25 and 30 or something like that, which I was very surprised by after the marketing campaign. It, you know, stayed a viral sensation because of younger people. So I was surprised that uh, it was, it ended up being more of a mix yeah, I will say that the movie was extremely predictable, which I don't think is a bad thing necessarily, no, but yeah. every single thing in the movie was extremely predictable. Like in the beginning before Megan is even built, there's another robot that the uh, main character, um, Gemma, had created. I think its name was Bruce. Is that the Bruce, name? Bruce, yeah. yeah. And as soon as that robot was introduced, you're just like, oh man, this is going to be a robot fight between Bruce and uh, Megan. Spoiler alert. Obviously, that's what happens. And the ending, I mean, obviously, we all knew it was going to be somewhat open-ended to where they can keep making alive in case they wanted to have some kind of sequel. Um, but I, I did feel like the ending was a little weak. I feel like it could have been more impactful and more satisfying. Um, what did you guys think about the ending? Well... It's as if Megan has somewhat transferred to her other, what is it, Ellis? Or I think that's the name of the her other animated system. Or it's, yeah, it's basically like, like Alexa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the name was Ellis or something like that. So that's what we're to to gain or gather from the ending. Yeah, she's is like that, a cognitive. Yeah. No, she's, she's in the with, system. Yeah. <laughs> she's within the walls. <laughs> Like Smart House, Disney Channel. Wow, nice shout out. <laughs> yeah, well, I never thought I'd think about that movie again. <laughs> um, I agree that the ending was a little weak. Not not that it's a bad ending, but it doesn't quite have the emotional impact that I feel like could have been there. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you said again, it was a bit predictable. We talked about this, how we both knew that the other robot was going to factor in to the ending somehow. And uh, I, I feel like it could have been stronger, but it, it, it was fine. I, I think a stronger ending too may have pushed me to a four instead of a 3.5. Yeah. But I think that it's fine. And I'm glad that they, you know, set up a potential sequel. They knew what they had. They knew that it was going to make some money. Um, like I said before, I don't even know if this movie ever needed to actually be released for <laughs> Megan herself to be considered an iconic character, even if it's just 
as far as the internet is concerned. People love Megan. People love Megan doing that dance. They love Megan crawling off floors. <laughs> Uh, it, it was perfect, uh, marketing. It was perfect marketing and the character of Megan really benefited from it. Yeah. I think the only person who didn't like Megan was Laura and, uh, well, I feel like the only, only thing of the movie that I liked is how in the beginning Gemma takes on. Katie, because obviously, I mean, her parents died, so she kind of has to take on the role of a parent, and she creates Megan so that she basically doesn't have to do that, because she's more focused on herself and her career, and she doesn't want anything to get in the way of that, but at the end, she realizes that even, like, with all her hard work, that her family is more important, and that she needs to take care of Katie. And she's fine leaving all that behind. That was the only redeeming point of the movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the comedy didn't really hit for you at all? I know you said it was like oversaturated, but... Yeah, no, I... I, I wouldn't ever have to watch this film again. Wow, I would definitely watch it again. I, I would absolutely watch it again. I've, I was even thinking about going to see it again <laughs> earlier. <laughs> I think it's a fun movie. And... Um, Laura, you also said that you did not like Child's Play. Speaking of killer doll films, I want to <laughs> talk about this. The people wanted to hear this. It, <laughs> you did maybe, not like Child's Play. Yeah, maybe if I had watched it um, when I was younger, I would have had more of that like shocking effect. I don't know. But it. I feel like that also was kind of. Boring. Lame and boring. <laughs> well, the people want to know, what did you like better, Child's Play or Megan? If I had to watch one again, um, Megan, I guess. You heard it here first, folks. Megan's better than Chucky, okay. Well, I, That's I it. People say... are arguing about that online. Really? This, is, this, is a, this is a huge thing. I wouldn't say one is better than the other, but I think... For the times now, Megan's easier to watch than Chucky. I feel like it's it's so hard for a horror movie to nail a good villain that has enough personality to be their own unique thing. And I think the way they handled Megan and like the jokes and the little quirks that she has, it made her different enough from something that you could compare her to like Chucky, because you know, they're both animated dolls basically. That she's her own unique thing, and she can stand on her own aside from Chucky. But that's just my opinion. I know, like you were saying earlier, Kurt, that it's hard to you know stand up against you know veteran horror movie villains like Chucky and Jason and Michael Myers and everything. But I think if they handle the IP right and they make a couple more movies, maybe. Uh, Hopefully, with some better endings. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Megan 2 will knock our socks off. Yeah. Maybe it'll turn it around for me. Who knows? <laughs> maybe Child's Play 2 will turn it around for oh, you. Oh, yeah. Maybe. 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 <laughs> well. I won't get my hopes up. <laughs> do you guys have anything else to say about Megan? or? I have something I want to say. Not specifically about Megan. Okay. But about a Kayla Cooper. Right. 
between this and Malignant, I just want to give her a shout out for bringing campiness to mainstream audiences. I think it's so much fun, and I think it's turning campiness into a bit of a trend, which I'm very excited for. You know I love you know good horror films, but I also love horror films that know that they're silly, yeah. and they lean into that silliness. I, I want to have a good time, and that's what she is serving up on a silver platter right now. I can't wait to see what she does next. Hopefully it's Megan too. <laughs> Maybe it's something like Malignant, which would be fun also. I just love what she's doing right now, and I hope to see more of it soon. Shout out to Akela Cooper. Speaking of what's next, I think next week we're going to be reviewing Plane, correct? With Gerard Butler and Mike... Coulter. Coulter. I was going to say Colton. Luke, Luke Cage. Luke Cage with uh, Gerard Butler and Luke Cage. Looking forward to a nice action film. Yeah, you haven't seen anything like this movie before. It's completely original. It's definitely not like yeah. the other six films Gerard Butler's been doing. Yeah. Nope. It's going to be amazing sweaty men killing bad guys <laughs> with guns that's right all right guys so tune in next time and get our opinions see you later bye <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs>